We've talked about it in the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Um, you've never seen an ASMR video. I've seen them pop up and not watched them. So I, They're like, so I guess that counts as seeing. Some people are super into them. I don't know. Like they'll take a so, comb and like run it against a microphone or something or just like. That sounds like what happens when we let kids get up, get up on stage after church and they start uh, dealing with. I don't know who you're talking about. with instruments and stuff. George is before church. Just That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> We're much better at, you know, keeping kids away from that than we used to be. It became an expensive mistake to make. So. True. George just wants to get up there and sing things. He does. He likes being in front, and he did pretty well with the uh, armor of God. That was he did. Uh, pretty he cool. Slow down a little bit, but other than so. that, he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. It was also like nine o'clock at night. It's so. funny when he starts smiling and his lips don't come together. I know. While he's talking. <laughs> okay, <we'll> just pause. Did <laughs> you complete a word? Well done. Uh, well done, lad. Anyway, hello. Hello. We're back in person this week. We have a video this week. I was thinking of you this morning as my oh, daughter uh, began her school day with the pumpkin spice latte. She's a smart girl. Yeah. She, except uh, she says GIF and not JIF. That's because so, she's a smart girl. No. Listen. She says JIF a lot because she is a peanut butter fan. So she, and it's only JIF. That's the only peanut butter that exists in her world. There is no other. Again, smart girl. And so that's why she keeps them separated. See, I have a full circle love of JIF. <laughs> so. It goes, it goes in everything. You I spell it with a J, I will call it JIF. You spell Listen, it with a G just, for just, graphic. And I'm just I doing what the, what the inventor intended. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. my story and I'm sticking to it. Now that, now that you have that story. I do. <laughs> just, it's just justified it. by <laughs> little. No, but I did think of you this morning with that pumpkin spice latte because, and did you see her uh, fall? I did. It was decoration cute. At, at the it was craft really barn. pretty. So for the uh, Barron County Youth Fair, my daughter shows in a variety of animal barns, but also uh, has still exhibits. And one of hers was a home decor. Yeah, it was a home decor craft thing. So it was a seasonal craft um, that she made. It was a fall arrangement, which was pretty, pretty cool. I told your mom it reminded me of you. So it's very pretty. You know, I'm happy to be associated with such things. I knew when uh, she was drinking that pumpkin spice latte that you would also be having a craving for pumpkin spice latte. I've been so. having the pumpkin spice Starbucks creamer for the past couple of weeks, and it's just made my mornings so much better. Considering you've been craving the burr months since they ended, you know, it's Truth. pretty much going Truth. back to that. I do. I like January, February. I can deal with March, but. Yeah, it's my time is about to come here in another week or so, and I'm just thrilled. See, after Christmas, winter has less appeal for me. My it's, birthday's in February. I, I don't mind so it. It's good. So is my brother's. January and February is usually mm. when we get the most snow. That is true. And I like yeah, that. That's right. I like that. According to the fa it. Farmer's Almanac, we're supposed to have a real bad winter. Well, I'll tell you what. And I, I trust can, the farmers. I can, uh, I can handle the cold and snow better than I can handle uh southern summers like man when we went down to georgia to visit ethan after one of his graduations down there it was like you get out of the car the air conditioner's it's there moist. You know, and it's like uh, yeah. it was no, thank you so we, we get out immediately sunglasses fog up so take those off um <laughs> which is another reason that i switched to contacts because i hate wearing glasses in such such situations so we get out it's 97 degrees 100 humidity yeah, no, just thank you. gross and Ethan comes up to the car and says, man, it is so much nicer than yesterday. You guys really missed it. I'm like, 
I'm going back to Michigan. I love you. I'm going back. And yeah, no, thank it you. Was... It's a it's a no from me. Yep. So, so, and I like living in a place that has seasons. I do. I, I enjoy the four seasons. I probably get tired of each of them by the by the time uh, they're over. I'm ready for the next one. And I don't particularly love change, but it's it's one of those things that is uh, it's good. It's good. I love to be able to see God's work on display in all of its various forms. And um, it's good. You learn to uh, you learn to delight in what you have, right? Well, God, you should. God gives us That's those things, I and struggle with. So but yes. even if it's summertime and you're craving the fall, that that is this hunger, your segue? That hunger for something that is not what you have can lead you into a bad direction. Although understanding that we are made for something else is a that's another thing. I think that's another uh, Lewis quote that I didn't use Sunday. Um, that you know, if we're it's also a switchfoot quote. Uh, that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, they may have actually borrowed it from that too. But if if we find that that our longings aren't, can't be satisfied by things here, the best logical answer is that we're made for another world. And so, ah, uh, logic. Remember that, right? <laughs> so as we are. Um, Looking at uh, Numbers 11, that's kind of where we find ourselves and encountering the children of Israel as they are um, having what the ESV and other translations call craving. And really it starts with uh, what's referred to as the rabble among them or the King James says the I mixed like multitude, um, those who are not of the covenant but are with them and they have a craving for something else and that craving then spreads to the to the Israelites were like, oh yeah, that's right. It, it was better in Egypt. So, you know, let's, let's go back to the good old days, which are almost never as good as we remember them. Right. And the present is almost never as dark and horrible as it seems. Uh, and, you know, as you, as you're going through these things, when you're, when you're hungering for more, and I'm glad we didn't end up using that title because really it's it's more than hungering for more. It's hungering for something else. Mm-hmm. It's hungering for a different thing. Um, and, and so they they have this this coveting that takes place. I want what I don't have. And I, 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 I kind of um, disregard what I do have because of this this wanting. Uh, it, it's one of the, <laughs> it's a thing that, that happens a lot in, dating relationships which is hard for me to remember because you know i got married when i was like eight and um as we're he didn't just (laughs) not eight um 19 but anyhow so going back a long ways i see this over and over again the person that is so super attractive to Mm. you that you're not with and then you date them and then you get into a serious relationship with them. And over time, uh, the old phrase becomes, uh, becomes true that familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. So that, that person who was just most beautiful person you've ever seen, uh, kind of lose a little bit of luster, you know, and Look at so, this person over here now, you know, uh, so as you're, um, no, not you. I meant like people with it. You're looking at a pretty girl in the office. Yeah, you're or still pointing. Yeah, but that, pointing no, there? I'm just kidding. But that is what actually happens. <laughs> this pretty girl in the office. <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. Um, but, but that does happen where, you know, it's, it's that, 
greener pastures. It's right. the thing that I don't have. This, you know, plan A becomes boring. I think I heard James Dobson say this a hundred years ago, that plan A becomes boring. So we go after plan B. And so we, uh, then we leave the wife and kids and, and, and we go, uh, find the, the, the newer model, the, the, the younger, prettier, whatever, who almost never is actually prettier. Right. It's never actually better, but it's new. It seems like something. And then what ends up happening is you establish another version of plan A, which tends to do the same thing. You get bored and you're looking for something else, but those cravings are contagious. They're, they corrupt us. They, they, they take us in a direction that we don't want to be going. And, and so that's what happens in numbers 11. Um, as I'm dropping my papers here, uh, Starting with verse four, now the rabble that was among them, this is from the ESV, the English Standard Version, or as uh, our brother Daryl Harrison would say, the elect Standard Version. Um, now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again. So you're seeing the difference between the rabble, the mixed mm -hmm. multitudes, and the children of Israel. Also wept again and said, oh, that we had meat to eat. So just in the first three verses, we saw that they, they were... Uh, weeping over their hardships. Oh my goodness, it's been so hard in these last three days as we've been traveling. Uh, and, and now it's, oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. <clears throat> but now, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, but now our strength is dried up and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Uh, and, and so then in verses seven to nine, it describes what the manna was like and how they were able to do different things with it and points out in verse 10 that uh, the Lord's anger burned hotly. He was, the Lord was infuriated with them again and Moses is displeased as he sees this and then we'll get into what happens with Moses next week. But this idea of, uh, of these cravings is really the nature of coveting. This, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what, what God is telling us not to do in the Ten Commandments. It's also uh, the opposite of, of what uh, Paul told Timothy, that godliness with contentment is great gain. When we learn to appreciate what we have and to, to, uh, to treasure, to cherish, to delight in that, then we find a greater fulfillment than constantly chasing after something else. So there's, there's a lot in that as far as how it affects us, but it also, this is a picture just the, exactly the reason that we keep talking about marriage, sexuality, and family as an illustration of God and his relationship to his people. When, you know, in all of the, you know, lust, of, lust and adultery and all these different things that, that you see, it, there's this hungering for a different plan. Mm -hmm. God has given us this and we want something else. And that's the, the same picture, whether we're talking about that specific aspect, but all sin is that. Sure. We, we come to this, this place where we reject God's provision. And ultimately what that means is we're rejecting him. You know, that that's why it hurts when you give someone a gift and they don't appreciate it. They right. don't, they don't like it. You, you know, you do something for their kid, for your child and, and they don't care. It hurts. Now, is it because you're personally invested in that gift? Not as much as you're invested in the relationship and the gift is a reflection of that relationship and their response to the gift mm -hmm. is a reflection of that relationship, which is by the way, also a hard G, but <clears throat> anyway, Listen, uh, that, that, that whole thing is a picture of how we are with the Lord. Right. He's given us everything, including himself and everything that he's given is a reflection of him giving himself to us. So when we, 
when we hunger for something else, when we when we crave what we used to have in the world, in our old life, or we crave what someone else has, uh, man, that just seems so much better. Why couldn't God give me a better a better go here than, than what I've got? That I think is so common. Yeah. Like even more so in this in this uh, social media society because it's so easy to like look at somebody's picture perfect Instagram feed and be like, man, they've got I want their life. How do they have this? And I'm, but I read one time and it sticks with me that everything people post on social media is a highlight reel of their lives. Like nobody's going to go on there and post a picture where they look like garbage right. or if they, of their torn no, up, absolutely right. of their torn up living room that their kids just destroyed or, you know, they burnt their dinner. No one's going to post a picture of that. And so, so the things that we're saying, Oh man, the grass is greener in their life. or I want that. Or it's I often used to, fake. right. It's often fake and not even what you think it is. So it's fun well, to go back to the dating picture. You right. know, when, when people are dating, that's they're putting their best foot forward. <laughs> I, I've heard a number of people say it's like false advertising It is you know, because you're pretending a lot of the time to be, it's, it's not even just being your best self. It's great to, to, to do that, you, you know, authentically you, but, Mm-hmm. cleaned up you know you, you take a shower you know <laughs> but on deal you should right? always a take thing, a shower you know? even after you're married for uh, 20 years put you know you put on makeup and your nice clothes that you know you wear once a year or whatever. and all their stories are interesting and all their jokes are funny right, right? and then 10 years you've heard them all right you know and so it's, it's the same kind of thing like yeah. like you're saying we we want what somebody else has because it looks like something that it really actually isn't right. Well, everybody in Hollywood, everybody in Hollywood is happy, right? At least until you find out that they're just the opposite. Every celebrity has this perfect life until they don't because they're humans. They're just like everybody else. But we have devoted millions of dollars to promote a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you think back to, you know, back when uh, you had the studio contract days, uh, you know, in the Rat Pack era and, you know, before that, when they would have these fake marriages and different things like that so that you could promote the movies and careers with romance and, you know, all this glitzy, glamorous lifestyle, it was all fake. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're coming up with things that that cause cravings because it's easy to market cravings, right? You want to create that, create that hunger. So anyway, we do that with the Lord. And, and every time that we have this, this lust for something else, this, this covetous idea, uh, a yearning for what we don't have, what we are innately saying, and, and most of the time it's not conscious, we don't recognize it in ourselves a lot of the time, but what we're innately saying is that God's provision isn't enough. Mm. And when we say that God's provision isn't enough, then we are calling into question his character. God is either unable to take care of my needs in a better way, or he's unwilling to take care of my needs in a better way because his love isn't sufficient. His gifts aren't sufficient. And if we fix our frame of mind where we understand who he is, we change our thinking and we, we focus on him and choose to delight ourselves in him. We that, That's what the, the love that we see in marriage or even in our children should be about. Uh, I love you not because, uh, you know, I feel it every moment, but because I choose to value you. There is something that, that I innately say 
you know, you are mine and I will always love you. I will see you uh, as precious, even if today maybe you didn't take a shower. You right. know, <laughs> that's, that's really not. Please the, shower. That's really not the point, you know. Uh, and so that's why our memory verse uh, for the week from uh, Psalm 37, 4 is uh, that, you know, delight yourself in the Lord. <clears throat> excuse me. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, delighting yourself is something that because he's giving you this, it's not, you know, if you're, you know, genetically predisposed to, to be somehow magically spiritual, that God will give you everything you're asking mm. for. But if you choose to delight yourself in the Lord, if you choose to see him as most precious, to, to treasure him, to cherish him, what is the desire of your heart? more of him right so i'm going to learn to which leads to contentment i'm going to learn to find contentment that's why paul could say in philippians 4 i've I've learned how to be able to be happy with much or Mm -hmm. with little none of that really matters because i delight in him Mm -hmm. and that's the context for philippians 4 13 everybody acts like you know if i you know because i'm in in christ uh you know i can through christ i can do all things right Uh, so that means I can win the Super Bowl or I can I win, say, it's a great win this Oscar or whatever. Or, or whatever. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, you should. But what you should be thanking him for is that you can be content when you don't have that. Right. Which, is, by the way, uh, Tim Tebow's, I think is his second book, after he got cut uh, out of the NFL, which I haven't read. I've just read pieces of it. Um, my brother uh, was a big, uh, big fan of it. That, that book intrigues me more. Because it's easy to write a book and celebrate how great God is when you're the most famous person in America and, you know, everything's going well. But when the rug gets pulled out from under you and everything doesn't work, that's a much more interesting Mm. uh, conversation in my mind because that's where most of us seem to live. Right. Uh, There was back in the uh, early 90s, there there was a a book by uh, Dave Dravecki. He was a, a baseball player who got cancer. He's a pitcher for the Giants or Padres, somebody out West. I, I want to say Giants, but my memory's getting a little faded. Uh, he wrote, wrote a book called Comeback because he got cancer and he came back and he was back pitching in the, in the league. And then uh, a little later, he wrote a second book called When You Can't Come Back hmm. because he, he, you know, the cancer came back. He lost his arm. He wasn't able to pitch anymore. Now what? Is God still good then? Because that tells you what where your values are. Right. That thing that you're hungering for, when, you know, if I want the experience of being a Christian, that's what I'm looking for. Not Christ, but the experience of Christianity as it's been packaged and sold to me. I want that emotional peace and joy rather than recognizing that those things are a fruit that's produced sure. from a genuine faith in a real God. And so when I when I see Christ as the reality rather than a means to an end, that changes my perspective. Mm. When I understand that that the goal isn't just to get stuff from God, for him to be my my rabbit's foot or my vending machine so that uh, or even my therapist to make right. me feel better, we get to this place where, you know, I get I get upset or frustrated because I thought I was supposed to have peace now. I thought I was supposed to, uh, you know, I didn't expect everything to go away, but I didn't think it would be like this. Right. You know, I thought I'd feel better. I thought my marriage would get better or my relationships would get better or I would, uh, you know, feel different. I wouldn't have anxiety or, right. you know, whatever else it is. But that's not, 
that's not because God that. provides less. Right. It's because our expectations are fixed on something other than him. Right. So our core reality for the week was that the heart that delights in the Lord will be fully satisfied in him. That was the crux of the issue. The Israelites in this uh, passage, and, and we'll see that's the, the theme of the book of Numbers. They weren't delighting in the Lord. They were wanting him to do stuff for them. So because they weren't delighting him, they still belonged to him. But his people were choosing to, to see the world as most precious. Why can't we be like the other nations? That, that'll that come up a lot later on during the kingdom uh, era in particular. We see it in Judges. We see it in Joshua. Um, and, and at the end of Judge, Judges, we get to this, this place going into uh, Samuel where Israel's like, well, we want a king like everybody else. And you know, you had God here in Numbers, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, you have God directly governing. Right. You know, he's he's using Moses as his person, but you see him. You saw him part the Red Sea. You see all this stuff. Uh, you're only a year away from that event, from the, the 10 plagues and the Passover and the, and the parting the Red Sea. And, and as they're um, getting out here now, you've already seen it. But how and you're about to get it, right? Like, it's but, easy. But, to, it's, but we want fish and right. onions and cucumbers. Your breath gonna smell. <laughs> but um, it's it's easy to look at that and be like, man, God has already done so much for them. Right. Well, how can they be this way? But we do the same things. Well, that's right, because that's the nature of it. You know, when we're when we're coveting things, uh, having the he crazy. literally parted an ocean. <laughs> literally did, like, and you watched, and it. you walked and, through and, it, and homie. It's like. <laughs> But yeah, so the, I, but... and and the other thing is, <laughs> at the beginning of this journey, he gave them manna. Right. They didn't know what it was. That's right. the the word kind of sounds like what is it? What it is. And he also gave them before they were grousing about it. <laughs> pun intended. He gave them quail to eat then. Right. Right. So they've already seen quail. God do right. this. It's, it's it's not like God hasn't delivered. He led them to a waterless place in Exodus 16, 17, somewhere in that neighborhood. He leads them to uh, this, this place where there's no water. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to die. And he has water flow from the rock to, to right. provide water for the entire nation. Oh. <laughs> and we can look at it and say, man, are right. they stupid? Right. How selfish but are they? I'm stupid. Yeah, this is our mirror. I'm with stupid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm kidding. You know, because that's what it does. That's what coveting right. does to us. And it, and it is, attitudes are contagious, right? Mm -hmm. So once we start to right. have that, it spreads. And I think that's one of the problems with the church is we have this contagious attitude of self-focused uh, right. religiosity. We, we this, this idea of Christianity as a religion rather than Christ as the central person of all reality, all, mm -hmm. of all history. When we start to focus not on the religious aspect of it. It is religion in that it's dealing sure. with matters of faith and, and practice. But uh, but when we focus on the reality of Christ rather than the religion of Christianity, it changes things, sure. right? We, we see it a little bit differently. And when we start to have those covetous things, you know, as we mentioned already, it takes our attention away from right. God's goodness, his right. faithfulness. He's already provided, you know, uh, this may come up in a, in a blog later, but 
these types types of cravings are exactly what we're seeing throughout our society mm-hmm. in all of the big marquee issues that we're talking about the LGBTQ stuff and, and, and you know just to stick with that specifically since everybody seems to talk about it um, it's not exclusively that it's everything the idea that that we should be able to um, you know that that sex is everything that we should be able to pursue any pleasure we want as long as it's consensual and all that kind of stuff it's it's looking at what God has given us and saying, yeah, that's not really good enough. I want something else. And so then we stop Everyone's just recognizing into salt. it is very much like that, that picture. She, she comes up a lot in my, in fact, I think we used her as a program man image years ago for a sermon. I want it now, but, but that's, that's how it is. I want what I want and it doesn't matter what is good or right or true. And we forget about the fact that God's giving us something that's far more fulfilling. He's not saying that everybody needs to be celibate all the time for the rest of their lives. Some people, sure, there there are certain settings that he's called us to. But what we need to be is his. Mm. And when we're his, he will provide satisfaction beyond what we can ever find when we're chasing after some uh, flesh-driven dream. Uh, But it tends to distract us from that. And, um, you know, we already, again, hit on the idea that it kind of skews our perspective, right? So cravings of the flesh distort our view of reality. And it tends to cause us to to romanticize memories or to romanticize fantasies. We're either longing for the past and what we used to have was so much better, you know, back in Egypt, you know, when we were slaves that we couldn't wait to get out of, you know, we had it so much better. Uh, and and we do a lot of these things where we long for the good old days. Remember when gas prices were you know affordable? You know I love the nineties. All, all these kinds of things. And nostalgia has its place, right. you know. But there's a reason that the prophets emphasize the Lord very often, saying, "I'm doing a new thing." Mm. You know, don't don't hold on to the past. But He also commands us to remember. So we sure. want to remember. We want to avoid uh, the mistakes. We want to celebrate the victories. But really what we want is to to make sure that we are focused on him. We, we want to get our eyes uh, on the reality of it because they they tend to detach these, these um, coveting thoughts, these mm. uh, cravings, uh, yearnings, longings tended to detach our, our thinking from the truth. And so we start to think according to our feelings, our own understanding, our own wisdom, our own strength. You know, anxiety does that by by saying, oh, yeah. I, I have to figure out how to fix this. I have to, I have to do something. Or have, sending you know. your mind to like the worst possible yeah, places. Right. Yeah. And that aren't know, even based it's in It's never reality. gonna get better. Right. You know, it's just what it is. They're not even realistic. Rather than clinging to the promises of God and his word. And so it detaches us from that. We have to uh to borrow Paul's phrase, take our thoughts captive mm-hmm. and make ourselves remember what we know is true in our better moments. Remember who you are. And and if we forget that, then our cravings will make fools of us because it darkens our intellect. We start doing dumb things. And, you know, I've said this before, and I don't, I don't know if anybody listening is going to be offended by it or not, but when we're talking about issues of gender identity, now the, the gender dysphoria stuff, we're not talking about issues of morality as much as we're talking about issues of reality. Mm. This, it, it is what it is. And for us to make claims, I, I mean, it sounds, the way we talk sounds like a caricature. Uh, you know, like there's a, like we're having some satirical play <clears throat> mocking these perspectives when it's actually the people in these things that are saying it. And, and again, I've, everybody's different. I don't mean to you know put everybody in one pile, but 
heard a, you know, a woman, um, some professor of something like gender studies who was defending uh, transgenderism and, and saying that, you know, not only women can get pregnant, you know, we need to have laws for that provide for, um, you know, men who deal with menstruation and pregnancy and so on and so forth. And, and any normal thinking person throughout all of human history, except for the last two minutes of human history would say, what is wrong with you? Your, your, your brain's broke. Some, something ain't right here. Uh, Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> in the same right. way that if I, you know, if I believe I'm a German shepherd and I walk around on all fours and wear a collar and communicate only in barks. People you, do that now. You're, you're going to look at me and say, okay, right. something's not right. You need to get that fixed. Because these cravings to find fulfillment outside of God's provision for us, right. outside of the way he designed us to work, will always leave us wanting and will make fools of us right. by darkening our intellect. We are denying reality. So all of the, the stuff that we're seeing here is not just when we talk about that in particular or uh, abortion or you know so many of the, the ancillary issues, issues right. that grow out of these things. It's a rebellion against God. It's a rebellion against the created order, the, mm -hmm. the way that God has caused things to work. So we always are going to end up in a bad way when we reject God by rejecting his provision. And so we want to be wise about that. We'll stop there because we only got a minute left. So I will wrap it up. Um, yeah, I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. Yes. But, uh, we will stop there. So thank you guys for listening. I just choked on something. I apologize. I'm going to guess we will talk about it for a long Probably. time, but over a, over yes. a series of different podcasts. Ugh. I might have to exit us out here. I <laughs> swallowed something wrong. Well, I'm going to say the first person who uh, <coughs> who contacts us by phone and oh, leaves us go. a voicemail at seven uh, two two. Oh, you're messing it up. I know. I stumbled. Two, six, two, nine, seven, five, I, six, I almost said six one six. You had one job, Zyger. When I was a kid. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, 616. Yeah. Anyway, and was you'll get a free podcast mug. What happens oh, when, no. That's what happens when you're old. You'll get a free so. podcast mug if you contact free us in any way. In any way. Yeah. Or leave us a voicemail. So, uh, yeah, 269 rlcc Leave us an email, Facebook message, whatever. <laughs> we'll catch you guys Pretty later. groovy. <laughs>